Everything we think, speak, and do is a result of everything that has happened to us up until the very moment of thinking, speaking, and doing. Where we were born, our upbringing, our schooling, our social networks, our habits, our behaviors and skills have compounded every day over your entire life to bring you to this unique moment. And every action you take will forever be a part of your journey and story in the next moment. Luckily, even though we don't have the ability to choose what has happened to us in the past, we have the power to choose what we do in this moment and help craft our journey into the adventure we want to experience. Our thoughts, our behaviors, our networks, our livelihood, and our actions all impact what we do now and what we will do and experience tomorrow. We have the opportunity to take our own actions, to craft our own experience, and to learn new skills that have a disproportionate impact on how good of a life we can give ourselves. While we can't change our past, we can change our future. Everything we do can be considered a skill. A skill is the ability to do something well, and more importantly, it's something that can be taught, learned, practiced, and improved. There's an endless list of skills out there you can practice. Riding a bike, folding paper, throwing a ball, writing a sentence, telling a story, expressing your feelings, training a dog, or being on time to work. Every action we take is an action that can be practiced, improved, and can be considered a skill. In the next handful of podcast episodes, I want to talk about skills. But not just any skills, like riding a bike or throwing a ball. I'm talking about the handful of skills that are the most important skills you can learn to live a happy and healthy life. The critical skills. The foundational skills. The skills that, if you were to learn, would make every other thing you do in life either easier or optional. I want to talk through and think through and teach you the skills to a happy life. Now, I don't have all the answers or have all the skills needed, but a few skills you can expect to learn about are communication, curiosity, cooking, empathy, and self-awareness. The types of skills that we often don't even consider as such, but are pillars to life. You will learn about each of these skills and more, why these skills are so important, and examples of people you can learn from for these skills, and then tips, tools, and advice on how you can practice these skills and become a better person. Now, all of these skills are going to be filtered through my personal experience and my view of the world, so I'm by no means saying this is the way you have to live. But these are the skills that have enabled me to live a very fulfilled and meaningful life and are the skills I'm still continually trying to think about, learn about, and practice so I can have more control on my actions today and craft myself a better tomorrow. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn so that after the next handful of podcast episodes, you too 
will have all the skills to a happy life. Since today is the first episode of this skills series, I want to talk about the king of all skills, self-awareness. The unexamined life is not worth living, is a quote by Socrates. So for hundreds and close to even thousands of years, we've had people on our planet who have been thinking about self-awareness and how important it is. It is the one skill that makes any and every other skill easier to learn and execute on. Self-awareness involves being aware of different aspects of the self, including traits, behaviors, and feelings. Essentially, it is a psychological state in which oneself becomes the focus of attention. And like I said before, self-awareness is the king of all skills. At my age and with my experience, I'll never be able to truly give justice to the importance of self-awareness, but I can talk about generally its importance, how to think about it, how you can practice it, and how it will help you in a handful of your, your daily situations, just like it's helped in mine. And so I'll break down a little bit about self-awareness, teach you how you can think about it, how you can practice it, and kind of show you examples of how I think about self-awareness. In general, self-awareness gives you the ability to look at yourself and the rest of your skills, to be objective about who you are, to recognize your strengths and weaknesses, to adjust for those, and continuously learn and improve. It's the ability to look at yourself through a clear lens, and be honest about what you see. One of the most important aspects of self-awareness is that it allows yourself to spot, to understand, and to utilize your strengths. For example, I feel like I am talented or at good at being creative and creating new ideas. So me being able to spot this within myself should think about how I can do more creative type work. Now, everyone's going to have different strengths, which is a great thing, but you really need to be able to spot what it is you're good at. Maybe you're also creative. Maybe you're someone who's got a great work ethic. Maybe you're someone who is great at making people feel good about themselves. Being able to spot and understand your strengths allows you to improve those strengths and use them in your own life. Now, on the flip side, self-awareness also allows you to spot, understand, and work on your weaknesses. One of the most common weaknesses and something that I struggle with is that I'm someone who gets frustrated or angry when there's conflict or perhaps an argument. Sometimes, I can lose my cool and end up saying things that I later later regret. So being able to spot and understand that this is a weakness of mine gives me a little bit better ability to focus on controlling my emotions or reactions when faced with conflict. Being able to truly step back and be objective about the things you need to improve on gives you the ability to spotlight those improvements, be honest about what you're weak at so you can better improve your weaknesses, and be honest about where you need help. Because 
when at the end of the day, we all have weaknesses and we all can have teammates or relationships that help complement those weaknesses or have the ability to work on those. To me, self-awareness is very similar to responsibility or true responsibility. Sometimes people will even say radical responsibility or being aware of how you contribute to almost every problem that occurs and how you can learn from what has happened to better prepare yourself for next time. Now, this is, not, this is different from blaming yourself. It's not always great to blame yourself on everything or that every problem is caused, caused by you, but being able to understand that in almost every situation, whether something is truly your fault or it is a, a combination of your fault and other people's faults, when you can take responsibility for how you contributed to a problem, you're going to be able to better understand how you can do better the next time. There truly will be times something is someone else's fault, but what can you do about that? In knowing that other people will sometimes make mistakes, could you have been more prepared? If it was a project, could you have delegated better? Could you have stepped up and done more work? There's so many different ways that you can actually take more responsibility for your actions and even take responsibility for how you prepare yourself for other people's mistakes and taking radical responsibility of your life, your actions, and the ability of you, you to prepare and counter the inev inevitable mistakes that will happen is so important and one of the key learnings of self-awareness. You can always be more prepared, and always take more responsibility. A good example that I've lived through was actually a group project in college. We were tasked with a group of four or five members to create a speech and a presentation over a specific topic. Each person in our group was responsible for taking a section of the speech, researching it, creating the outline for it, and giving that speech in front of our class. Now, all of us kind of went our own ways and came up with our own sections, and there was one particular person who, when it came time to speech day, hadn't done any of the work. And whenever it came time for them to give their speech, it fell flat. Now, lots of people will look at this and blame that person. They will say, man, that person didn't pull their weight. That person failed the whole group. That person caused us to have a bad grade. And some parts of that thinking are correct. It was on their shoulders. But when you're truly self-aware and take radical responsibility, you can begin to think of, well, how could we have avoided this? Could I have reached out? to each person in my group beforehand and seeing where is everyone at in this project? Could I have been a better leader and helped delegate a section that would have been easier? Could I have had a conversation with this person and found out that they actually had a family member pass away and were struggling to just come to class in the first place? What are all of the things that you could have done to be ahead of that problem, to account for someone else making a mistake. That's the power of self-awareness and responsibility, is being able to realize that you have the power 
to anticipate, to understand and have account for what's going to happen when people make mistakes. Because inevitably, you will make a mistake, people around you will make a mistake, and all we can do is do our best with the fact of knowing that. Another huge benefit of self-awareness is when communicating with others and generally just helping your communication skills. When you're more self-aware, typically it's much easier to monitor your emotions and stay pretty even-keeled. When you know your strengths and know your weaknesses, it's a little bit harder for you to get offended by someone calling those out. It helps you to keep track of your emotions and how you're responding to a situation. Let's just say in that previous group project example, your teacher talks to your group and has a lot of concerns about the overall state of the project. Lots of the times, this type of feedback can get us offended, make us want to blame people, but when you're self-aware, what you can do is realize that this teacher just wants to point out the fact that you are coming up short and help you figure out ways to move forward. And so being able to realize that will help you take feedback, implement feedback without getting offended. It also helps when you're self-aware so you can understand when people are acting out of their emotions and not a rational state. If you have a conflict with someone and people are getting angry or frustrated or even starting to get mean, it's not that they're wanting typically to hurt you or act like this, but it's because we've become so overwhelmed that we start to rely on our defense mechanisms and become emotional or irrational. And whenever you can see this within yourself and be aware of when you are becoming irrational or emotional, it's really easy to understand that other people will have these same tendencies. And sometimes when people are worked up and they say things, they might not necessarily mean it, but they aren't thinking rationally or aren't thinking with as much intention as they would wish. Another huge place where self-awareness comes into play is actually in the workplace. It's very closely related to conscientiousness and is one of the most powerful skills you can learn in the professional world. It will help you in interviews. It will help you in the workplace and really all aspects of your personal life. When you can explain to an employer what it is that you're good at, and where you'd like to spend your time contributing and where you'll be most effective, that will not only help you live a happier professional life, but it will help your company utilize your skills and your talents. And on the flip side, when you can explain to an employer where your weaknesses truly are, it will help people find the job for you that is going to avoid your weaknesses or perhaps even let you work on those weaknesses. Self-awareness will help you own your mistakes and not be as afraid to fail. Because whenever you're really self-aware, failure is really just one of the quickest ways in which you can learn. Of course, you learn by doing a good job, but whenever you're failing and you are self-aware, you can really start to nitpick why are you failing and be able to adjust from there without feeling like a failure. Failure is just a common thing that we all occur and we can all learn from, but you have to be self-aware to take yourself back 
look at a situation objectively, ask yourself how you failed, and pivot or adjust from that failure. It also helps in the workplace by giving you the ability to both give and receive feedback without taking offense, which shockingly is a rare but very valuable skill to learn. Now, what can you be self-aware of? We've listed a lot of reasons why it's important, how it can be helpful, but how can you actually be self-aware? Well, there's a lot of things you can actually be aware of, and it really comes down to what you're feeling within your body and your brain. So what are your thoughts? You can be aware of those. How are your emotions and what are you feeling? What are your likes? What are your dislikes? How do you react to situations? How do you think others perceive you? What are your behaviors and what are your habits? You can become aware of all of these things. Many times we'll be aware of a few of them. We might understand that we have some habits, good and bad. Maybe we're aware that we're good at brushing our teeth every morning or night. Maybe we're aware that we don't floss every night. Maybe we're aware that we have a good or bad exercise habit. Maybe we're aware that we spend too much time on our phones. Maybe we're aware that we're judgmental and that when people make us angry, we begin to judge them. Maybe we're aware that when we see our dogs, we feel happy. Maybe we're aware that when we get criticism, we feel bad. Maybe we know which food we like. Maybe we know which food we dislike. All of these things, your reactions, thoughts, emotions, likes, dislikes, behaviors, and habits are things you can become aware of and practice becoming aware of. Lots of the times, we just forget to think about ourselves and to think about how we're reacting to situations, how we're experiencing the world, how our emotions might take control of us, or how our thoughts might take control of us. But whenever you take a step back and think across all these different categories or states of being, you can start to understand yourself at a deeper level. And whenever you understand yourself at a deeper level, you can begin to learn, to change, to understand, to give yourself some grace and space for the places you might be weak in, or learn how you can improve those things. So to kind of close things off, I'm going to give a list of ways you can practice self-awareness. Now, lots of this can actually just be done where you are at, whether you're driving in a car, whether you're working out, whether you're just sitting at your home, you can practice by thinking about yourself, thinking about your behaviors, your thoughts, emotions, likes, dislikes, your reactions, your behavior, behaviors, and habits. But there's a few things that can help expedite the process. One of the best things you can do is meditation. Meditation is strictly the act of self-awareness or practiced self-awareness. It's being first aware of your body, your breath, how your body is feeling, the sensations within it. But then it expands to include all of the mental states as well being able to roll over in your mind your own thoughts and where they come from, your own perceptions and where they come from, your feelings and how they make you feel or how they control or uh, affect your behavior. 
Meditation is one of the quickest ways to understand your own mind, your own consciousness, and your own experience. It can be done within one to 10 minutes a day and is one of those things that absolutely can change your life. By taking five to 10 minutes, taking a step back from the craziness that is life and thinking deeply about how you're reacting and all the things we've touched on before involves the self-awareness is really a game changer. And I would recommend meditation to literally everyone. Another thing you can do to practice is by journaling. This is something that will work better from for some people than others. For me, for example, journaling is something that I'm not very good at, and it hasn't helped me too much in the past, even though I know it would be beneficial, but it could be something that could help for you. There's daily pages and journaling prompts that you can answer and write to for a couple minutes a day that will prompt you to write about you know, one of these aspects of self-awareness. Or you could even just free write and write out the words that are coming to your mind. Read those back and see what your mind is feeling and saying. Another important tool can be asking others and seeing where others, other people's perception of you differs from your own. So you might write down what your strengths are and come up with a list of three to five of your strengths. And then maybe go and ask a few people, some friends or your family, what they think your strengths are and see if how other people perceive you aligns with how you perceive yourself. And you might find that you align well and your strengths, the what you think are your strengths or what other people think your strengths are too. But you also might find that people have a different perception of you and maybe you're right, maybe they're right. But when there's discrepancies there, it gives you the target, the spotlight to think about those things and improve how you think about yourself. Another important way to think about self-awareness is instead of ask the question what and not why. So if you're feeling bad, lots of people will tend to ask the question to themselves, why do I feel terrible? But instead, it can be more helpful to ask the question, what are the situations I feel terrible in? Is that situation public speaking, which is making me feel bad? Is it a conflict that is happening? Am I undernourished? What are the situations I feel terrible in? What are the situations I feel amazing in? What are the things that I really love to do? What are the things that I really hate to do? Being able to ask what and not why is an important uh, way to find the situations and the things that make you feel a certain way. Another one we touched on is taking responsibility. Taking more responsibility for your actions, taking responsibility to how you react to other people's actions is one of the best ways to become self-aware. And whenever you're taking more responsibility, it empowers you to continue that self-improvement and self-awareness journey. And finally, one of the best ways to learn about self-awareness is to listen to people who are self-aware themselves. I like to think that I could be one of those people, but one of the people that I listen to a huge deal is actually Hugh Jackman. He is such a great example of someone who is truly self-aware. 
I listened to his interviews by Dr. Peter Atia, by Sam Harris, by Tim Ferriss, and Hugh is someone who is so authentic, truly himself, and self-aware. It is amazing to hear him speak, to hear him own his mistakes, to realize where he's messed up in the past, and to hear about how he's taken those failures, learned from them, and changed the way he is because of those failures. Listening to people like Hugh Jackman is one of the ways you can get an understanding of what it means to be self-aware and how that self-awareness can actually manifest in your daily life, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act. And if everyone could be a little more aware, just like Hugh Jackman, I think we would all be in a better place for it. But that is it. This is the first episode of the Skills to a Happy Life hosted by Ryan on the Shortcast podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thinking about self-awareness, and I challenge you to do some of these practices that will help you become a little more self-aware. There's going to be a whole bunch more episodes on some of these skills to a happy life, and I can't wait to record them for you, to research them, to think through them, and teach them to you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and please go leave a review on Google, Apple, or Spotify podcasts so it will help other people find these as well. If there's a specific skill or a critical thing to your life that has helped, feel free to leave that in a comment below on my website, realwithryan.com. You can find all the podcasts there, other content such as TikTok, YouTube, and more. But if you like this episode, go listen to another. It helps me out a ton. I hope you can learn a lot from it. Go out there, practice self-awareness, go learn and live some skills to a happy life. And as always, thank you for keeping it real with Ryan.